Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I remember last Christmas we were on holiday in South Africa, and on Christmas morning we had lots of children with us, and the, the distinction between children and adults was so obvious because the kids got up early and ran straight for the Christmas tree to see what presents had been left for them, but the adults went straight for the breakfast table to see what food, what lovely fruit salad was there, and it just um, brought back to me this idea that God gives us gifts like Christmas presents, which we've been looking at, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, miracles, tongues, prophecy, healings, wonderful gifts, yes, amen, nine of those gifts, we need them. Praise the Lord for the gifts. He says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. In other words, really want them like little children. We're told like, by Jesus to be like little children, childlike, but not childish. But then he also says there are fruit, and there are nine fruit of the Holy Spirit listed in Galatians 5, verse 22. So nine gifts, presents under the tree, Yay, whoopee, hands raised, shouting, screaming, yes, I want a gift, miracles. But are we as happy to run to the breakfast table and get the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Are you? Because how keen you are for the fruit as opposed to the gifts, tells me whether you're an adult or a child. <gasps> Greg, you've offended me as a Christian. I'm so offended. How could you call me a child? I'm going to show you from God's word that it's not just fruit. It's not just gifts. We need both. both. Amen. Amen. And they're so important. And we can't ignore the precious fruit of the Spirit. Imagine God came to you and said to you, my child, I've got these gifts, and you said, yes, yes, yes. But then he said, but I've also got something that will grow within you, grow over time, get bigger and stronger and more fruitful, nourish you forever, and be able to reproduce itself, because fruit has the power to reproduce in other people. Imagine he said that, I've got gifts and fruit. If we are wise, we will say, yes, Lord, give me the fruit. Amen? Exodus chapter 28 is a passage talking about what the high priest in the Old Testament should wear when he goes into the temple. And in verse 33, it says, And upon the hem of his garment you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet all around its hem, and bells of gold between them all around. So you're imagining the scene. He's got this long robe, and around the hem of the robe there are pomegranates and there are bells of gold. Verse, 20, verse 34, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe all around. And it shall be upon Aaron when he ministers, and its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord, and when he comes out, that he may not die. <laughs> I love that. You know, the Old Testament, going into God's presence was a fearful thing. And they put bells on his garment so that he didn't die 
and they would, they would know that he was still alive because they could hear the bells ringing. You and I, brother or sister in Christ, we are a royal priesthood. We are like Aaron. We are clothed with the high priestly garments of Jesus. And around the hem of our garment, there should be a bell, a gift of the Spirit, and a fruit, a pomegranate, and a bell, and a fruit, and a bell, and a fruit. And as we go into the presence of the Lord, the bells ring and the fruit grows. Not so that people know we haven't died, so that people know we have life. The life of God flows out of us when we have a bell and a fruit. I heard a sermon on TV recently where he said, a dove has nine feathers on each wing, nine primary feathers. I actually looked it up and it's actually 10, but two of the feathers are so close to each other that they look like one. So it looks like there's nine feathers on each wing. The dove of the Holy Spirit has nine gifts and nine fruit. And if you've only got one, the gifts or the fruit, that bird is flying in a circle. It's not going anywhere. The Holy Spirit is not producing in you the life that God wants you to have. Just an interesting verse is 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. Right after he's described the nine gifts of the Spirit, he sandwiches a chapter about love, which is the fruit. A gift and a bell, a gift and a fruit and a gift. He talks about gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, fruit, love in 1 Corinthians 13, and then gifts again in 1 Corinthians 14. And in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, he says, if I have the gifts, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, the fruit, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. How many of us have seen the gifts and we've been attracted to them? It's a sign of being a young Christian when we're attracted to the gifts, but we're not looking for the fruit. And I'm going to show you a little bit later on that the fruit is what shows us the truth of a person's Christian life. So I want to look at three differences between gifts and fruit. Um, The first is that gifts come immediately and fruit come with time. Gifts come immediately and fruit come with time. One of the nine fruit is patience or long-suffering. And again and again in the Bible, we're told in Hebrews chapter 6 that the way we inherit the promises of God He says to to us, I want you to imitate those who inherit the promises of God. How? By faith and patience. There's this, this thing of waiting. Have you ever, I don't know if you have done gardening, I haven't done a lot, but you plant something and you want it to produce, but you cannot hurry it along. It takes its time. Jesus in Mark chapter 4 verse 28 was telling a parable about how the kingdom of God grows slowly over time. He says, first the blade appears, then the head, then the full grain within the head. There is a maturing process. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, when Paul is saying, how do you choose elders and deacons? He says, for elders, they must not be a recent convert. Why? Because fruit takes time to mature. For deacons, he says, they must be tested. And if they're proved faithful, then you can use them as deacons. There is a time process. Gifts come immediately, just like little children. A three-year-old child gets a Christmas present immediately. Just like that. You can be a Christian for five minutes and get the gift of tongues, which is what happened in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius' household. Gifts are given immediately immediately. 
but fruit take time. And we mustn't be impatient. We must say, God, thank you that this takes time. And the way we encourage ourselves is we look back and we say, look at these gifts, uh, sorry, look at these fruits increasing in my life over time. I am more patient, loving, kind, and gentle than I was a year ago. And we should ask people who know us, our family members, our friends, how am I doing? Am I more kind? Do I give more of myself? Do I overlook other people's failures more today than I did a year ago? So the first is that fruit take time, time to come. The second difference between a gift and a fruit, a gift comes by asking. Daddy, please give me. It doesn't matter how old you are as a Christian. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. He says, I give gifts. It comes by asking. But fruit come by, I wonder how fruit come. Do you know? I'm going to read you a passage in John chapter 15, and you're going to see how fruit come, and it's going to help you, because it's so wonderful. John 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, that's you and I, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You might say, oh, I don't like the pruning. It's a wonderful process because it produces more fruit. Verse 3, he says, you are already clean or pruned because of the word which I've spoken to you. The word of God prunes us and helps us to produce fruit. Get the word in and you'll produce more fruit. Verse 4, abide in me. That word abide means remain, stay, rest, abide. This is how fruit come, friend. You might say, oh, Fruit must come by effort, by self-discipline, by controlling myself and working hard. No, no, it comes by abiding. Have you ever heard a tree straining to produce fruit? Have you ever walked past a lemon tree or an orange tree and heard the effort that it's putting into producing those lovely fruit? Have you ever heard it? They go, no, they don't. Fruit just comes. Because the branch remains. And he's going to explain to us what abiding or remaining is. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you rest, abide, remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The, the way that fruit comes is by abiding in Jesus. And I've got three aspects to this that I'm going to put for you to consider. The first is just staying for the long haul. God, I'm with you. The, the, 
Though everything goes wrong or everything goes right, God, I'm with you. I'm plugged in. I'm yours and nothing will change it. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, God, I'm yours. I'm abided. I'm plugged in. I'm remaining for the long haul. This is not a quick, I'm going to check it out and see type thing. God, I'm there. I'm plugged in. That's the first aspect of remaining. The second is, God, my face is towards you. I'm loving you. I'm not hiding from you, turning away from you, blocking myself off from you. I'm loving you. I'm looking at you, God, and I'm worshiping you. And then the third is, I'm allowing your life to flow through me. I'm, I'm not resisting when you prompt me, when you lead me, when you change me. I'm not resisting. I'm cooperating. Those are the three aspects of abiding. I love you. I'm with you forever. I'm looking at you and I'm cooperating with what you put in me. And as we do that, his word abides in us. He abides in us. We live in his love. We stay close to him, worship, reading his word for the long haul. And I promise you, brother or sister, you will see fruit popping out of your life. It's the most extraordinary thing. Those of us who've been Christians for any length of time, you can testify. You look at yourself. You say, where did that joy come from? The circumstances didn't produce it. Why have I got joy bubbling up in me? Where is that peace coming from? Why am I more patient now than I was five years ago, two years ago? What's happening? I'm kinder. It's the fruit that just comes from abiding in him, spending time in his presence, saying, God, I'm here forever with you. Can I challenge you, brother or sister? How are you doing with this abiding? Are you striving and struggling? Say, I'm going to try and produce fruit. Or are you just resting in his love and allowing his word in you to start producing fruit? So, number one, fruit takes time. It's not instant. Number two, fruit comes from abiding or resting, not from striving. And the third thing about fruit that's different from gifts is it cannot be counterfeited. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that the gifts, in other words, the miracles, can be counterfeited. You say, really? Yeah, let's read it. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And then just before this, he, kind of, he clarifies it. He says in verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Jesus is saying gifts are not a sign of whether a person is a good teacher or a good leader. This challenges me. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think as a, as a community of Christians, most of us in the world 
are like little children on Christmas morning. When a, a teacher has charisma, or they're able to, um, they've got a gift of being able to really stir our emotions, or maybe there's miracles, or, or all sorts of signs and wonders. We're like the little kids who run in on Christmas morning and we've got fruit and we've got gifts and we run after the gifts and Jesus said it's not a sign. It could be an immature person who has gifts or it could even be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Gifts are not an incontrovertible sign that a person is of God. This is a challenge for you, brothers and sisters. We are told to discern the fruit. By their fruits, you will know them. Not judge. We don't judge as if to say, I'm better and I can criticize whom I like and I'm, I'm the high and mighty one who judges everyone else. No, we're humble. We say, I've got my faults. I've got planks in my own eye before I judge other people's eyes. But I do discern fruit, not gifts. Because fruit remain. Fruit last. Fruit nourish. Fruit reproduce. Fruit cannot be counterfeited. They are a genuine sign that a person has the Spirit within them. If someone has the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit, there is a genuine sign that they have God inside of them. Whereas the gifts, Jesus said, people will say, I've done all these amazing things and they didn't even know me. Are you challenged by that? I'm challenged by it. So, what are these amazing nine fruit of the Spirit? I don't have time to go into them in detail. Mark 4, verse 28, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven grows like corn. First of all, there's the blade, and then you get the head forming, and then the full grain within the head, and then you've got a beautiful uh, fruit of corn. Love, joy, peace are the first aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to divide them into three categories. Love, joy, peace, one category. Patience, kindness, goodness, the next category. Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the third one. So the blade, the first element of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And this is very similar to the verse in Romans 14 where he says the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about physical rituals. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. He says the sign of the kingdom of God is there's God, living like God, which is love. There's joy, hallelujah, and there's peace that comes from God. Can I challenge you? You can't have any of the fruits of the Spirit until you've received, not achieved, received love, joy, and peace. You say to me, Greg, how do I receive that? I'll tell you what happened to me. I understood that Jesus died for me on the cross, that God has decided already 2,000 years ago that he loves me. It's not an emotion, although emotions are involved. He has emotions for me, but it's more a commitment and a decision of his will. He loves me. He's for me. He's forgiven me. He's accepted me. It's unconditional love. He says, I love you, Greg. And when I received that, joy and peace flooded my heart. And it's a supernatural thing. It's, it's just when you understand, I am accepted. I've spent all these years of my life running around trying to please other people, trying to achieve and live up to certain formulae of what people expect. And now I find a God who accepts me and has forgiven me as I am. Peace. I don't have to strive. 
and joy. That's the beginning of the fruit of the Spirit. And when you've got that, the rest starts to come. So can I challenge you? How are you doing on love, joy, and peace? Have you received the love of God? Do you think you have to work and achieve certain things to make God love you? Or have you understood Jesus' death on the cross was enough for God to say, you are completely forgiven, completely accepted. You are righteous in my sight. I love you and I accept you and I pour my blessing on you. When you get that, joy and peace will come and you'll be in a place of rest. And that's what abiding is like. Abiding in his love. Letting his word abide in me. And God abide in me. And I abide in him. Love, joy, peace. Just that is enough to start the fruit growing. You know, once a fruit starts growing, it's very difficult to stop it unless you actually cut it down. Once, once that fruit starts to grow, once you've got the beginning of that blade and then the head and then the grain, once it's started, it's a process that is almost unstoppable. And when you've got God's love and his joy and his peace in your heart, you realize I could sit and do nothing for God for the rest of my life and just rest in his presence and he loves me and he always will. Hallelujah. Joy bubbles up. Have you ever had that joy? Is your Christianity one of frowny face and hard work and self-effort and determination? Or is there a joy and a peace that springs up? The second category, the, the head of the fruit. Patience, kindness, and goodness. This is almost like the flesh of a fruit. So the first three are like the, the kernel, the core, the stone, the pip, the, the middle of the fruit that cause everything else to grow. But now these next three are like the flesh. This is who I am. When people see me, if I've really got God inside of me and his love and his joy and his peace, then patience, kindness, and goodness is what people say about me. They say, that man, Jim, he's patient, he's kind, he's good. Why? It just comes out of being accepted by God. You know, God has been so patient with me. He's overlooked so many of my failings. He's been so kind to me. He's just so generous. I didn't deserve it. And he pours his love on me. And every time I mess up, he keeps forgiving me again. He's so patient and kind. The result is I become like this thing that I've received. The life of God in me starts to exude out of me and I become patient, more patient. You might be condemned now. You might say, oh, I am not patient, Greg. I stand in that queue and that person gets in front of me without queuing and I want to punch their face. I'm not patient. I get home from work and my children haven't cleaned their room and I really just lose it. You see, this is the point of fruit. It's not to condemn us, but it's to say this, and I need to be direct with you. Are you more patient than you were a year ago? Not are you perfect in patience, because fruit grows. Are you more patient than you were? If you are, the fruit is growing, and you need to just abide and let that beautiful flow of the Holy Spirit produce more. Patience, kindness, goodness. You know, this goodness, it's like the character of God. It's what Jesus exuded. They came, people came to Jesus and they said, you are good. He said, who's good except God alone? Goodness is one of the fruit where I start to act and speak and be like God. 
The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is contrasted with the works of the flesh. Right in that same passage, he contrasts it. Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another, so you do not do the things that you wish. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, he's contrasting these to the fruits of the Spirit, and he's going to explain what they are. The works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. Goodness versus that. And it just comes not out of self-control, not out of religious effort, abiding in Jesus. And then the last three. So we talked about the first three are like the kernel. The next three are like the fruit, the, the flesh of the fruit. The last three are how I relate to other people. Gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are the last three. Gentleness. I'm gentle with other people. I don't push. I'm not jostling to get my way. I don't manipulate. I don't control. I don't try and control anybody else. I'm humble and gentle. Now, when I say that, I'm convicted in my heart that I'm not that yet. I'm becoming more and more like that. Gentleness. Faithfulness. Faithful. People can rely on me. My wife doesn't have to worry that in 10 years' time I'm going to go and look for another girl. That's not a fruit of self-effort. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness. I stick to it. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I'm faithful. I'm the same on the inside and the outside. I'm faithful. And then lastly, self-control. And this one is a surprise to many people because many people have been told, I must give up control and God will just control everything and control me. But he empowers us to be a partner with him and to control ourselves. Not, not the self-control that is a fleshly work of effort, but a self-control that comes from knowing I'm loved by the king. Now I can control my appetites, my time, my habits, all these different things. I can control myself because the Holy Spirit gives me self-control. So I'm going to ask us to pray. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just let's focus on him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, the dove of the Holy Spirit, that you are the giver of gifts, which are wonderful, but more than that, you grow fruit in our lives. Lord, I pray for myself and for all of us that we would desire these fruit more than we desire the gifts. Lord, I pray that you would grow more and more of these fruit, that you would help us to rest and abide in you. And Lord God, for anyone here who's feeling condemned and a failure and guilty, I thank you that your word is truth that says we can come at any time and say, God, I've messed up, and you wash us clean, you put us back where we should be, and you empower us to start fresh from today. And I pray, Lord, that you would not let anybody feel condemned, but rather excited about the fruit that's going to grow in their hearts starting from today. Folks, just open your heart to the Lord. If you have messed up, 
If you feel condemned, don't allow the devil to condemn you. Just say, Lord, this is my sin. Thank you that I can now open up the channels to allow your life-giving juice, the sap of the vine, to flow into me again and cause fruit to grow in my life. Lord, I'm going to stay plugged into you. I'm going to stay open to you. I'm going to cooperate with you. I'm going to watch the fruit grow in my life, starting from today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.